When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome, friends. It's the PHNX Cardinals podcast presented to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top-rated sportsbook. Be sure to like and subscribe. Leave us a five-star wherever you get your podcast. Johnny Venerable for the second consecutive day to be joined. It is my esteemed honor and privilege to be joined by the great Howard Balzer of GoPHNX.com, Hall of Fame voter. And Howard, franchise tag deadline came and went for the Arizona Cardinals uh, with Nothing, nothing much to stay with the Redbirds. What do you make of this whole situation? Uh, you know, I think that it's an overhaul with the roster. I don't expect Byron Murphy or Zach Allen to be back, certainly at the price tag they could command in free agency. So what do you make of this whole thing? Well, certainly I don't think it's any surprise that they didn't get franchise tags. That would have been uh, pretty pricey. And normally the tag then sets the stage for the, the rest of the negotiations. And, you know, the tag for cornerbacks was over 18 million. And for Zach Allen would have been somewhere around 18 or 19 million. So I don't think there's no surprise there that they didn't get tags. And, and really, most of the recent years, there's been a lot more than six franchise tags around the league. So that's a pretty low number. And three of the six tags were running backs. So, but I think overall, I think the Cardinals would like to have Allen and Murphy back. Obviously, they're not going to overpay. It might be that they go out in the market to see what's there because this is kind of a strange market this year for free agency. There's there's just not a lot of those can't-miss guys. Right now, now, granted, what often happens is that we know that the market depends on who's available. And so the guys at the top are going to get pretty good offers. But I, I, just, I just don't see a lot of guys blowing away the market and of course, Murphy coming off the back injury, it's pretty tough to to really get a gauge on how other teams will evaluate him. So I think there's still a chance uh, that the Cardinals that could get him back, get them back. And you know, we'll see when things start, you know, going crazy next Monday when when negotiations begin between agents and teams. You know, I did hear Howard that if if they're going to bring back one of the two, I I think it's more likely going to be Zach Allen because of how much they value that front seven player like we talked about yesterday. And you would, of course, love to have Byron Murphy on your team, but at what cost, right? And he missed a lot of time last year. And then the year before, he played, but he was hurt. Remember, he had a really tough second half of of 2021 during their collapse, gave up a ton of red zone touchdowns. It's just it's hard for me to envision a scenario where these guys didn't draft them, they were part of a losing culture, and, and that wasn't on them, but they were around when this team only won four games and just say, okay, we're going to break the bank on these guys. Now, the positive that they have going for them, and I'm sure their agents are in there, you were telling them this, is that they're, they're few of a, of a couple guys that are going to be entering free agency poised to hit their prime. Like somebody else, just like Hassan Reddick, they're going to pay for their prime years. So you could see a scenario in which Zach Allen – takes another step. You could see Byron Murphy put it all together and become, you know, a Pro Bowl level cornerback. I just if you're the Cardinals, you've got to be convinced that that's going to happen in Arizona. And again, for a staff 
and a general manager that didn't draft them, you you have to be convinced what you saw on tape gives you confidence. And again, I, I go back to Zach Allen at least played 17 games this year. He was healthy. He put to bed a lot of the injury concerns. Byron, to me, I think only would come back if if he signed like a short-term deal. Right. Like, could could you get him to come back and say, take a one or two-year deal, prove it, and then hit your payday? Because he was he was so young. He, he was a baby when he came in the NFL. He was like 20 years old with Kyler Murray. So you could try to spin it like that, but uh, nothing's for sure because of the new regime. No, you're 100% right. And But I think, you know, getting a two-year deal, maybe a three-year deal for Murphy that doesn't have to be, a huge lot of a huge amount of money can have incentives. I th- I think would make sense, and I think, yeah. I think he would probably like to stay. Of course, he's you know he's from the area. You know you know Allen you know did have a little bit of an injury at the end of the year, but I don't I don't see him breaking the bank in free agency either. So a lot of it depends on what what the market is. But I think there's one thing of caution here because we talk we've been talking a lot about this free agency and how mm-hmm. it's gonna, obviously it's a new dawn and a new day. But, you know, the Cardinals don't have a lot of players under contract. No, they don't. You still have to enter the offseason with somebody on the roster. You got to field a roster. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, they have 30 unrestricted free agents. And yeah. there's, there's not many, I agree, that are got to have guys. But then you look at guys, I'm sure Jeff Rogers, special teams coach, is saying, hey, you know, if we can get Tanner Vallejo on a reasonable one or two year deal, Zeke, Zeke Turner, Ben Neiman, yeah. guys like that that are at least there for depth and they're not going to count much against the cap. And let's remember too, I don't know how many people are aware of this, Johnny, but in the off season, you have 90 players on your roster, but only the top 51 count Mm -hmm. against the cap. And so you can get a whole bunch of guys at that million, 2 million a year, something like that. And they're all going to be right on the cusp of that top 51, but it also gives you depth. And then those guys go to training camp. And if they can earn jobs, great. If not, someone younger beats them out. That's fine also. But there's only so many guys you can draft to get right. to that 90. And so, and granted, they'll have some college free agents after the draft. But, you know, those guys are, you know, you know who knows, flip a coin guys. So right. I, I think there's some guys on this unrestricted free agent list that would have value coming back on short-term deals. I mean, one guy that's never mentioned is Antonio Hamilton. I mean, right. he's going to be a starter before he had that crazy incident with burning his feet. And he's a solid player, special teams and a good depth corner. And one thing many of us criticized Steve Kime for and the previous group was not having enough depth. Well, Mm -hmm. you still have to have enough depth. Like you said, you have to have enough guys out there, you know, to to go to OTAs, go to minicamp, go to training camp. And so I think there's still some guys on this unrestricted list that on a reasonable deal, they're not going to be pursued at big, big money deals by other teams and, and are still good guys, you know, to have around. And obviously it all depends on what this, the new coaches and everybody thinks of them, but right. you know, it's not like it just because you're four and 13, it doesn't mean that everybody was horse crap. You know, it doesn't mean right. that yeah, everybody, right. you know, this was still a team down the stretch playing four quarterbacks in four straight games and still mm-hmm. took the chargers to the brink, took the Patriots to the brink, took the Buccaneers to the brink. So this was still a team that was, you know, competing at the end. They just, you know, they just didn't have they just didn't have enough to win any games. Yeah, I, you you mentioned not breaking the bank, and the, the Cardinals are going to be in a, a tough spot because there are some teams with just what feels like unlimited cap space. Um, you've got Chicago at a hundred million dollars, and again, we were talking with our friends at CHGO during the combine week, and it's like, 
who do you even sign if you're the Bears, right? right. And I think that's right. why maybe some trades make some sense if they wanted to double dip on a, on a player like Hopkins. Like the players that match in free agency with their with the amount of money they have. I mean, it just it doesn't make a ton of sense. But it, you know, if you're Chicago, you know you could roll the dice on Zach Allen or Byron Murphy, and at least that would make some sense rather than paying somebody over 30 years old. Um, Pro Football Focus put out a projection of of what some free agents are going to get. Uh, earlier in February, and in particular for Byron Murphy and Zach Allen, I think it's interesting. Um, neither one of these um, contracts I would scoff at, um, and I think in the right scenario it could work, but the problem, Howard, is just right now the Cardinals, and I know this is going to change, only have, you know, between after you figure the Robbie Anderson cut and the Rodney Hudson retirement slash release, you're going to have between $25 and, and, and $30 million, and you can manipulate the cap however you want, but you look at this, for our audio listener, Zach Allen, PFF projects him to make about twenty, or excuse me, twelve point five million per year, with about twenty six million in total guarantees over the course of three years. The, the the guaranteed money is what you want to pay attention to, and then we've got Byron Murphy, uh, three years, twenty six, so almost identical in terms of the 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 total money, and then the guarantee then comes down to about sixteen. I think both of these are reasonable, and I think Howard, if if they sign contracts like this and they're not in Arizona, there's going to be some fans that are upset. Even when I put out the tweet today about, you know, the Cardinals didn't tag either of them and, and they're poised to hit free agency. There are a lot of people saying, well, what are we doing? These are guys that were drafted high. And I understand that it's going to be difficult. And again, I, I won't knock Monty and Gannon. This, these are not their players. And we almost have to have like a, a rolling bar at the bottom of the screen for every show we do. Like these are not Gannon and Monty's players. So we fall in like, don't fall in love, but like the Hassan Reddick situation, like Byron Murphy, I would argue, Howard, was misused a lot early in his career. What is he, a slot corner? Is he an outside guy? He played less snaps in year two than in year one under Vance Joseph. And then Zach Allen, you've got J.J. Watt calling him, you know, a star in the making, and he's at least capable on your defensive line. If those contracts come out for another team about two weeks from now, that's going to be tough for Cardinal fans. No, I agree with you. I think, though, I'd be surprised if Murphy – you know, gets that kind of money unless yeah. unless teams are really do a deep enough dive to to really feel that the back is not going to be an injury because we know that corners are at a premium and you can never see old cliche you can never have too many corners uh, on your team. But yeah, I, yeah. I, I I agree with you, and it's all how contracts are structured too. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's easy to put out their projections. Oh, this is what this guy's going to get. This is how much yeah. guaranteed. We also know how often a lot of these contracts are structured with low base salary in the first year and then you prorate the bonus and then, it, you know, the cap number goes up in, in the years after that. So, uh, but I, but I, I'm with you on Allen. I mean, this, he just continued to improve and improve and granted what he did last year was with a different coaching staff, but right. what, what, what he did, a lot of people don't realize how, how, how he had to work in the off season because he was playing at the end of 2021 with a bad ankle injury. It was amazing that he was even out on the field. And and then he was in there with J.J. Watt last yeah. offseason virtually every day in the facility, yeah. just working and working. And he he admitted, he said, he said, I cut what it could have been an eight or a nine-month rehab to about four or five months. And that mm-hmm. that's what enabled him to do what he did last year. And the guy, I, I think, is only going to get better and better as he gets bigger and stronger and, and that's a guy, especially now, you lose J.J. Watt. You know, what else do you have on the defensive line? You have Rashard Lawrence, 
who who's who's a pretty solid player, but he hasn't been able to stay on the field in his years, you know, with the Cardinals. So I I, I think Allen should should be some of a priority, and that 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 contract there, that projection, even if it's a little close to that, is not out of the question uh, for a guy like that because of how disruptive he can be and the different things he can do. And you know, he he seems to be a, a guy that Jonathan Gannon would love because yeah. He can play in. He can play inside. He can, you know, he can do a lot of different things. And and Gannon talked about that in, you know, not even talking about a scheme of what the defense is going to look like, but just talking about how the NFL obviously is matchups and how your team matches up with the teams you're playing each week. And man, he he made a lot of uh, you know game changing plays uh, during the season. So I, I think he should be a priority. I think I think Murphy should too because of the corner situation. I mean, all you really have now is Byron is is Marco Wilson. You know, right. Who else do you have now? Granted, you could draft somebody. Obviously, you can sign mm-hmm. a lower level free agent in in the off season, but you still have to build that roster of depth. Even yeah. if you're looking at this season as a building year for this roster, you still want to get out there and be able to compete. And I don't think I don't think Monty Austin, Fort Jonathan Gannon, or anybody wants to go out there and. And, and field a team that they don't believe can can compete against the rest of the teams, obviously, in the league. Uh, yeah, I misspoke. I, Zach Allen missed four games this year, um, and the season had taken such a horrific turn. I guess I blocked that out, but yeah. he missed he missed four games. A year ago, in 2021, he missed two, and then in 2020, he, he missed four. So, I mean, he does miss games. He doesn't miss as many as, as I think the preconceived notion was, but he – he hasn't completed a 17-game season yet, but I, I agree. Like, you have to have quality defensive line. And I totally. think the Cardinals, him only being 25, he turns 26 before next season. You get him on a three-year contract, you, you get hopefully his best football before he turns 30, and then he gets right. probably one more shot at free agency. But, you know, it's this is so, such a unique space and a unique period in time because even if I tried to go back, Howard, and I looked at the conversion – and the handoff between Rod Graves and Steve Keim, it, you can't you can't use that as a barometer. You put an asterisk on that because Keim was around when players under Rod Graves w- were drafted. I mean, he might have pushed back on Le- Levi Brown versus Adrian Peterson, but he knew those guys. So if a contract extension got done in 2013 when Steve took over, he had been in the building for 13 years. This is our really our first litmus test where somebody that does not have ties to this organization can come in and say, no, you do this wrong. I don't like this. We need to reformat how we do this thing. This guy can't play. Like you're getting, if you're Michael Bidwell, a full kind of clean slate for better or worse with Gannon, especially Austin Ford. Austin Ford and Dave Sears do do not care about, you know, what this team looked like last year. They obviously want to keep what's worth keeping. They want to keep the good players. But I mean, like, you know, I've said it before, and I feel like it reigns true. Unless your name is Buda Baker and Kyler Murray, you're like all options are on the table, at least for this year. So um, you know, it'll be interesting to see what what free agents they target. You know, I've heard Gannon's got his eye on a couple mid-level free agents from Philadelphia. That makes sense. Culture guys, bring them in here, one to two year contracts. But you know, like we talked about yesterday, Howard, I, I just don't envision this team spending a bunch of money on high price free agents. I don't think they're in a position where they can do that. You know, that they want to build through the draft and they want this team to have a you know an opportunity to succeed and 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 contend for a long time. Signing Javon Hargraves to a four-year contract for a team that, let's be honest, has the second worst Super Bowl odds of any team, that's not good business. 
No, not if there's any. Then not at 30 years old. And no. but, but who knows what he'll get in the market? And does he like Gannon enough to say, okay, I'll come, you know, on a two-year deal with maybe maybe three, depending on on what the numbers are. But as we talked about yesterday, it it makes sense to to try to go younger uh, because that's what that's that's what you want to build. And so that that's what's going to be fascinating about watching this group in action. You know, you referenced Hassan Reddick, you know, a couple of times. And even after that breakthrough year with the Cardinals, the league wasn't convinced yeah. that there was the real thing because when he, he only signed a one-year deal with Carolina uh, for not a whole lot of money. Then he did it again yeah. and got a heck of a contract from the Eagles uh, last year. So that certainly drives uh, what happens in the market. You know, one thing too, and I know this, it's, I, I mentioned earlier about special teams and we, we hardly, nobody hardly ever talks about special teams in the off season, but the Cardinals don't even have any of their specialists. Right. You know, Matt Prater. Now, I'm not so concerned with Aaron Brewer. I mean, he's a good long snapper, but you can find mm-hmm. good long snappers. Andy Lee's, you know, over 40 years old. He's still a pretty good punter. But Matt Prater, I mean, I think he's still one of the best kickers in the league. And who knows how yeah. last season looks if he doesn't get that early season injury. And the Cardinals went through that horrible stretch with just bringing in different guys and hoping that they could even make a field goal. So, and you know, Rodgers would love to have Prater back. And right. So, you know, we'll see. But I'm, I'm again, I'm not saying throw the bank at him, but a reasonable contract for a kicker. Would you would you rather have him or some guy off the street that you just never know a lot of times, obviously, how they're going to work out? Do you think a, a, any contract with any internal free agent gets done before, you know, the floodgates open with the Cardinals? I, I, I th- Yeah, I think it's possible. I know I noted today. I know you had the you know, the, the point about Murphy and Allen heading to free agency. I mean, last year, Zach Ertz, I know it was a different time, different regime. I get that. But last year, Ertz and Connor both signed two days before free agency. So yeah. there could be some of these lower level guys if they realize, hey, there's not going to be much out there probably in the market. I'd like to stay here. And if the Cardinals offer them, you know, one or a two year, you know, reasonable deal, they might do it. I, you'd like to see Allen or Murphy or both done mm-hmm. before. Uh, free agency begins. Not sure if that's possible because I'm sure what Austin Fort and and the contract negotiators want to look at is well, let's see what the market is uh, for them, and you hope that they would go out there and see what it is and then bring it back and say, hey, here's the offer we got. You you know you know especially with Allen and Murphy, I'm 100 confident in this that they've had con- Austin Ford and there's a guy Matt Harris who handles a lot of the uh, contract negotiations. Most fans in there. Of them, but I'm sure they've had conversations with both those guys' agents. And yeah. what what that is, obviously, we don't know. But mm-hmm. I'm sure they've they've thrown out some you know ballpark numbers, and and then you know we'll see we'll see if they go out in the market. But you know you know a guy like Murphy, he might just say, hey, I want to stay here. I know coming off the injury, it's going to be tough. I want to prove that I can still play. Kind of like what happened. I know he was a lot older, but kind of what happened with Robert Alford uh, mm-hmm. when he came back on a minimum salary deal. He, he, he didn't want to do that last year again, but he came back on a minimum salary deal uh, because he missed, you know, he missed two complete seasons and he just wanted to prove that the Cardinals didn't waste their money on him in free agency. It turned out he can make the argument they did because he was always injured. So that's, uh, so, so, you know, again, I'm, I say it's probably 50, 50 on both those mm-hmm. guys. But I still think there's a chance uh, that they could be signed uh, by early next week. 
Cardinals are going to have to do cap gymnastics, and a way to do that is by trading uh, all-pro receiver DeAndre Hopkins, which we've got some more info on. But first, I want to tell everybody about DraftKings. So they've taken the off-season odds for DeHop off of DraftKings, so I hope you got a couple teams uh, with big odds when you could. But DraftKings is your headquarters, your place to go for all things NBA, NCAA March Madness Tournament coming up. We've got spring training baseball Live right now, there's been never a better time to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use that promo code PHNX. Get this. New customers can bet $5, get $200, excuse me, $200 in bonus bets instantly only at DraftKings. Again, new customers put a five-spot down. Money line spread over under. You get $200 in bonus bets instantly. That's only at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Promo code PHNX. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply See show notes for details. Again, once upon a time, they had the Hopkins odds on there with the front runner being Kansas City, which a team I'm still hearing is, is very much in the fold. But before we talk Hopkins, I want to talk about our favorite cannabis kitchen, that being OG's. OG Brands here uh, in the Valley. It's official OG's new strawberries and cream. Happy Balance Gummies are live right now on the shelves in downtown Phoenix. As always, you can find them at your local dispensary by checking out ogbrands.com. you got to be 21 uh, plus to enjoy. We love the creamsicle. Our guy Frank Sanders loves the OG products. We love OGs. Again, we don't talk about partners that we do not personally use ourselves. We've got significant, significant investment with OGs with the relationship because we believe it is the future of uh, Cannabis Kitchens, and it's here. We're very thankful in the Valley had tremendous experience with them and, and hope to do business with them long into 2023 and beyond. Again, check them out at ogbrands.com. You got to be 21 plus to enjoy. Um, I'm enjoying talking to my guy, Howard, and we're going to talk DeAndre Hopkins. And Howard, I reached out to a guy who's pretty tapped in on the Hopkins situation. Um, and I said, you know, what What can you give me? Is it still feel like Kansas City is a front runner? We heard New York Giants. I got a text message when I was at the combine saying, you know, the, the Patriots are interested. I don't know if it's going to happen with Bill O'Brien, but they're interested. Um, Dallas Cowboys ha- have done their due diligence and have made inquiries. I'm told on Deandre Hopkins with the Arizona Cardinals. And that's an interesting fit because they're, they're tagging running backs. They want to bring Zeke back. They have no money to begin with, but you look at what they did last year and they foolishly traded away Amari Cooper for a fifth round pick to, to dump some salary. And it, it 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 hurt them, right? They missed Amari Cooper. They've come out and said that. So now, if you're Arizona and you this market is heating up, I mean, there are four to six teams that are interested in DeAndre Hopkins. The Cardinals, I think, Howard, are doing the right thing, selling high. You combine that with a bad free agent class. I didn't think the wide receivers, you know, blew the roof off of anything at the combine. Cardinals are going to have a bunch of takers, and I'm hearing before the show, the Dallas Cowboys are interested in DeAndre Hopkins. Do you think there'd be any trepidation for Michael Bidwell, not only to trade Hopkins in the NFC, but to trade them to Dallas? Or do you think this is Monty Ossenfort's call? I, I would think it would be mostly Ossenfort's call. And, yeah. But I would also think that, I mean, I mean, the NFC is half the league. I mean, you can't right. cut off half the league right. from, from trading a guy if that's your best deal and that's, that's what you're looking for in terms of the draft choice as high and as high and around as you can get it. I still think it's unlikely that it would be 
a first round pick, but you know, maybe, maybe and I'm saying maybe in capital letters, maybe a team picking at the end of the first round yeah. would be willing uh, to do that. Uh, but, you know, st- but you still, you still, you, you want to make, like I said, you want to make the best deal. And yeah. so, so what if you trade them to the Cowboys? I mean, any, anybody has a chance to come back and haunt you, but you, I don't think mm-hmm. you can do business that way. You got to make, you know, the best deal. And so yeah. I'm just real curious. To me, the th- thing is curious. We, I know we talked about this a little bit yesterday is how his contract situation impacts it and mm-hmm. what other teams know, you know, that they're taking on with the base salaries that are in his deal. I'm sure he wants some of it guaranteed. Are, are you going to give him a contract extension? Are you really confident? that he can stay healthy. I mean, I know you pointed it out. I pointed it out. I mean, over the last two seasons, I mean, this was a guy when he came to Arizona, I believe had missed two games in his entire career. Right. And then the last two seasons, 35 games, counting the playoff game in 2021, he barely played in half of them. 19 games he played. Yeah. I know six of them were a suspension. It wasn't an injury. But still, that's still 13 games. He missed mm-hmm. because of injury. And I know some will say, well, he only missed the games at the end of last year because he just wanted to protect himself, and those those games were meaningless. But still, I mean, he was unavailable at the end of 2021, and that was a big factor in what happened to the Cardinals down, you know, down the stretch. So how much will teams look at that? Or will they just say, hey, we're going to roll the dice, we're going to get him for a couple, three years, hope to get, you know, one or two, you know, two more years healthy out of him and know what a game-changer he can be at that position, but all those things with contracts and all that do impact what the draft choice compensation is. I mentioned it yesterday. The Cardinals didn't give up a number one, and I'll give you a classic one. I'm going to go way back in time, uh, Johnny. To, yeah. Let's see how many years ago this was now. 24 years ago. All right. 1999. Do you remember what the St. Louis Rams traded to the Indianapolis Colts for Marshall Falk? I don't. A second and a fifth round pick. Wow. For Marshall frickin' Falk. Mm. And, Unbelievable. And the reason, the reason is because he had two years left in his contract. Yep. And he wanted a new deal. And the Colts didn't want to pay him that money. They also knew that was the year they drafted Edgar and James, who turned mm-hmm. out to be Hall of Famer. So really, Bill Poley and the general manager of the Colts then helped build two Super Bowl winners. <laughs> yeah. But Bottom line is that was why they only got a second and a fifth round pick was because mm-hmm. of the contract situation. And we see this a lot of times uh, in the league. And so I, I think that's going to impact the draft choices the Cardinals get if they trade him, which makes it even more imperative that whoever it is that they would trade him to. Heck, I'd even say trade him in the division. I man. Have to, <laughs> That's the best deal you're going to be able to get. Arizona Animal, I'll take a second and a fourth. Um, you know, the the longer this goes on, I, I think the, the the greater the chances that they get multiple picks. Um, the second, it feels like, is the floor right now. And if a team has to kick in a sweetener, I would think it would be at the latest um, an early day three pick. And for the Cardinals, they value those now suddenly. Right. We've talked about it, Howard, on this show. See, I, w- I would See, rather, to be honest, I would rather if you can only get a second and that's from a good team, which is near the end of the second round, yeah. I'd rather, instead of getting a day two pick or, or well, or day three pick, 
I'd, I'd rather say, okay, we'll take a number. We'll take a second next year. Yeah, maybe. Because we talked about that yesterday and you made a good point about, you know, trying to stockpile more picks, you know, for next year, but I'd, I'd rather do that than, you know, get, you know, get a later round pick. That doesn't mean you can't draft a, you know, a guy in the fourth round or fifth or whatever it might be that can come in and help you, but you still, you, you certainly have a better chance with a higher round pick next year. So I would think that that, that could end up being uh, what the sweetener is in the deal if the the pick this year is late in the second round. Yeah. And, you know, anytime you deal with Kansas City, you're just basically the value is what the value is. And it's not going to be early because they've got Patrick Mahomes and Andy yeah, Reid. And no that, <laughs> that's the team that I had heard at the combine was going to be the most aggressive for him. And that might come to fruition. Who knows? But that's difficult. That's like pick 63. New England's in the top 50. Uh, you know, the the um, what was the team? I just Cowboys are in the top 60. Uh, that that's going to matter. Uh, and but if Kansas City offers you a, maybe a two and they've gotten a conditional three, think about they're getting comp picks. I know for some free agents that 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 took off last year. Maybe they can give you a package that's highlighted by pick sixty three or whatever, and then added some on top of that. My original point was, you know, I think Cardinal fans rightfully so are scarred from the Steve Kime era of draft and develop. They did not prioritize and could not develop guys on day three of the draft. And I think the hope is now, on top of many other things, Austin Ford and Dave Sears can find, God, God love it, like a George Kittle, those kind of players on day three. Other franchises have been able to do that. So if you see a Hopkins trade, and maybe it's a two and a four and a six, and you're saying that's pennies on the dollar, well, hang on a second. Everybody you know, values draft picks differently. This, the second-round pick is obviously going to be you know, what, what gets the conversation going, but let's not consider, you know, day three picks as throwaways, especially as Kime was throwing them away for Robbie Anderson's of the world. But I'm with you. I, I, as Jackson just put it in the chat, like, I think this is going to get done for a second plus some, but I do not think a first is out of the question A late first 31, you know, 29, whatever it may be, because again, um, we were talking to some people in Indy and it's like, how many first rounders are in this draft? Like maybe 16, 17 guys with first round grades. And that's so usually you're, the case. That, that's right. usually the case in most drafts. So you're, that's, that's definitely the case. So you're sitting there at the end of the first and it's like, I got a second round grade on this guy, or I believe Hopkins can come help me win a championship and I can have him for a two or three year contract. If I got to overpay just a little bit, I, I can do that because I, I look at some of these teams that pick late last year. And they took developmental guys. You know, I banged on George Karlofkis and Trent McDuffie, and they obviously won the Super Bowl, but it wasn't because of those guys. If Kansas City's like, okay, last year we did the draft and develop thing. We we got rid of Tyree, Tyreek Hill. Now it's like, okay, we're going to splurge a little bit. So I could see that happening. But at the end of the day, I, I do feel like a second plus some is what's going to end up happening. And I think, you know, at the end of the day, Cardinal fans, it's going to be difficult. We talked about it on yesterday's show when the trade goes down. But I guarantee you this time next year, if they hit on that pick and that pick is a pass rusher or a defensive tackle or a guard and that pick cements himself year one and they get substantial playing time, you're going to feel good about the trade. You're going to feel much better about it, especially if, if Hopkins is making $30 million, Howard. Right. No, you're, you're right about that. Here's the thing that will, that will also be a part of it. It won't only be what the Cardinals do with that pick. 
right? Whatever, wherever it is, and if it's two picks, what, whatever it is. But the other thing is, a year from now, what's this wide receiver core going to look like? I mean, right. all we've heard now for several weeks since Jonathan Gannon was hired and Austin Fort is building around Kyler Murray's skill set, building around yeah. Kyler Murray's skill set. Well, that's having guys to throw to. And without Hopkins, now granted you have Marquise Brown. We talked about that yesterday. Are they going to commit to him uh, long-term after this year? You got Rondale Moore can't stay on the field. And, mm-hmm. you, know, and you got Greg Dortch, who's a nice player, but he, you know, he's not a guy you build your offense around. So they're going to have to find a way to – to, to get some high level receivers in here uh, and it might not be this year, but at least, right. at least down, you know, at least down the road that, you know, can be guys because because to me, the biggest thing with Murray and it's not talked about a lot, Johnny is his skill set. Well, he's got this mm-hmm. elite skill set, which he does, but I, th- for him to be a successful quarterback long-term and for the Cardinals to be a successful team long-term, he has to be more of a pocket quarterback. Doesn't sure. mean I'm not saying never run. I'm not saying never scramble, but you still got to build an offense where the guy can throw the ball from the pocket. And that's being able to throw it to receivers who, you know, who can get open and and can and, and can be guys. You know, if you look at last year, that first seven games, first eight games of mm-hmm. the season, and the big plays that the re- that that the receivers were making, the top three guys. And, and here's something I wrote about a couple months ago. The top three guys at that point are guys that, if Hopkins isn't here, none of them are here anymore. Right. They, they were Hopkins, A.J. Green, who actually was pretty good the first half of the season, and Christian. And mm-hmm. so now they're all gone. Well, who's going to be your next top three? I think right yeah. now that's a, a huge, huge question. Yeah, and I was impressed with Cliff Kingsbury in 2019 when the receiving core wasn't great, and I thought he and Kyler overachieved that first year. And so you, in a weird way, you have to get back to your roots. I'll tell a quick story, and I'll let Bo tell the rest of it when he gets back tomorrow. But we were at the, the last day of the combine. We were helping our friends at CHGO pack up their car. It was pouring down rain, and we had tried to connect with, with Coach Gannon all week, and it just didn't sync up. And Bo and I and producer Shane are walking back into the convention center. And here he here comes this guy in a black vest on his cell phone. And it's and it's Gannon. And so we tailed him and we got about 15 minutes off air with him. And the one question I'll share is I I asked him, I said, are you are you going to put Kyler Murray under center? And he said, 100 percent. And that's going to be a lot of their offense. So for people, traditionalists that want to see this team get back to some semblance of modern NFL mixed in with running the football, you're going to get your wish. They're going to they're going to run the football, and Kyler's going to be booting out. I, I would think it's going to be very similar, and we've been pleading for this, what Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll did for so long in Seattle. That's the offense in a lot of ways this team should be running. It, it was always, you know, I'm the son of a football coach, Howard. It always pained my father. This team can't get a yard or an inch when they have to because right. what? They were in the shotgun all the time. So I I, I don't think this is not breaking news that they're going to be as predicated on receivers as they were in the past. Kime took, and you know this, Kime took a wideout and used a first or a second round pick on a wideout in every draft dating back to 2017. Christian Kirk was in 2017. 2018, I believe, was, um, who was it? It was, I know Josh Rosen was the first pick. No, so it was Kirk, I'm sorry, it's 2018. So Kirk in 2018, uh, Andy Isabella in 2019 with with uh, our guy Kyler. Then the next year it was the Hopkins trade. 
Then it was Rondell Moore. Then this year it was Hollywood Brown. So five consecutive drafts, a first or a second round pick was on a wideout. I think that's done. You're, wow. I don't think it's, you know, I don't, it's not to say they're never going to draft a receiver again, but I think two tight ends, I think multiple running backs, play action, and I think they're going to have a couple different wideouts that they like, but not nothing like it was. Because all we heard last year, Howard, before camp was, well, we got Rundell and Hollywood and Hopkins and Antoine Wesley, and we got all these guys. And what it gets you about twenty passing touchdowns? Well, yeah, I mean, because they were never on the field. You know, right. that was the big thing. I mean, you know, Rondale Moore was going to be the replacement for Christian Kirk, and they had a whole package for him. And then he not only couldn't stay on the field, but he got hurt in the Thursday of the first week of practice, three days yeah. before the season opener. And all of a sudden, mm-hmm. the game plan was almost out the window. But that was it. I mean, all season, Rondale Moore, Marquise Brown, and DeAndre Hopkins never were on the field together. From yeah. one game. But I, I will say this, though, when you go back to Philadelphia and Jonathan Gannon obviously witnessed this, you know, you can say about the receivers. I mean, you still have to have them because that you still have to have balance in your offense. And look what the Eagles have done over the last two years. Number one pick, Devontae Smith. Number mm-hmm. one pick for A.J. Brown. And right. with the Eagles have been 14 and three last year without those two guys. I seriously no. doubt it. no. Um, but they had, but they built the, the trenches first and then they, they got those guys to come out and be kind of the icing to put them over the top Cardinals. They're stripping it down. They, they got, they got to build the lines of scrimmage. We know that <clears throat> we're going to talk about the franchise tag. The fact that Lamar Jackson could be on the move, what that means for the NFL draft order and the Arizona Cardinals. But first I want to talk to everybody about our friends at Roman. Talk about it. it listen, it's, 50% of men have symptoms that get in the way of, of wanting or enjoying their sex life. We get that. But if you want a better sex life, you are not alone. Roman is here to help. Roman is the digital health clinic for men. Again, digital, meaning from your house, from your comfort zone, addressing a variety of sexual and health needs and offering genuine medication that helps achieve and maintain a strong erection. So Roman offers discreet wipes that Help you last four times longer in bed and with men with low testosterone, getting testosterones back up to more normal letters can help you increase your libido. Roman offers a testosterone test, which includes, get this, lab processing, and if it's appropriate for you, treatment for low testosterone. Again, 100% remote, 100% digital, no rating rooms, no embarrassment, no hassle. This is discreet. This is humble. This is you and a doctor, straightforward digital experience from the comfort of your own home. If medication or testing is appropriate, Roman will send it directly to your front door. Everything arrives in discreet packaging with free, get this, two-day shipping. To learn more about how you can achieve your personal sex health goals, go to ro.co slash phnx to get 20% off your first order. That's ro.com slash phnx. And while you're at it, Stop by our friends at Four Peaks, Four Peaks in Tempe. Grab your tickets now for Four Peaks Amazing Spring Beer Dinner at fourpeaks.com slash events. Four Peaks is a staple of the Valley, as is their many fine brews, beers. It's my favorite place to go. Get some food with the family, chicken fingers, chicken sandwich, whatever you want. Do it with Four Peaks. Support local businesses. We love that here at PHNX. Remember, fourpeaks.com slash events all year. Spring season means let's let's crack open some cold ones. Let's be outside. We're at poolside drinking a joy bus. Wow, they've got a ton of quality options, whatever you like. 
Imagine four pieces got you covered. You got to be 21 or older to enjoy responsibly, but you don't have to be 21 to head on over to Four Peaks in Tempe. Bring the family. Have a great time. Uh, and I'm sure we're going to have many, many events coming up in the calendar year of 2023 with our friends at Four Peaks. Well, Howard, today, I'm sure you saw us, the Atlanta Falcons um, basically said, we're not interested in Lamar Jackson. Same with, it looks like, Carolina, the Raiders, you know, looks like they're going to miss out on Air Rodgers potentially. Uh, I'll bring up uh, the NFL draft order that we have. And I think stars are kind of aligning a little bit. I don't know what's going on with Lamar and why nobody wants to pay him, but that could be the benefit of the Arizona Cardinals. If we look at the draft order now, the Arizona Cardinals are sitting third when you've got teams like Vegas, Atlanta, Carolina, all in the top 10, all presumably looking for a quarterback in the draft. Again, Atlanta came out through sources saying we're not interested in Lamar Jackson. That was supposed to be the big trade, right? It was going to be Lamar to Atlanta. They came out and said, no, we're not interested. So Lamar may end up staying in Baltimore, and the Cardinals are licking their chops. Houston, Indy, Seattle, maybe Detroit, Vegas, Atlanta, Carolina, all could use one of these young quarterbacks in the draft. No, I mean, it's we were talking about it yesterday. It's absolutely fascinating and uh, it's going to be fascinating to watch how this all plays out. I mean, supposedly yeah. Aaron Rodgers was, you know, talking to the Jets today. We'll see, you know, if that happens. I'm not that surprised at the whole Lamar Jackson situation. Okay. And I think people couch it wrongly, Johnny, where they okay. say, well, no one wants to give them an entirely guaranteed contract for five years because the owners were upset when the Browns did that with Deshaun Watson. Well, mm-hmm. maybe that's a little part of it. But the main reason is, is you don't want to give a guy, and that's why the Ravens don't want to do it, five years guaranteed for a guy who hasn't been available at the end of the last two seasons because mm-hmm. of injury. And that's, you know, that's always that's the elephant in the room with these running quarterbacks, just as it is with Kyler Murray. And, mm-hmm. and so, I mean, I've pointed out numerous times how he's had seven injuries in the last, in his, in his four seasons in the league, and five of them, are to his legs, but be that as it may, there's no question that the the likely rush on quarterbacks that there will be, and we see it often, and teams regret it years later. But they get all you know wrapped up in it. We've got to get a quarterback. Got to get a quarterback. Right. They end yeah. up being overvalued, pushed higher than they should in the draft, and then it's regretted a few years later. But the bottom line is, you're right. It it, it benefits the Cardinals in terms of. You know, quarterbacks that will likely go high, uh, you know, leaving, you know, other players for the for the Cardinals. You know, even if they move down, if there's enough quarterbacks taken beyond Stroud and um, and Bryce Young, you know, if, if Anthony Richardson vaults his way into the yeah. top group, if Will Levis does, well, yeah, you're right. That that benefits the, the, the Cardinals because it leaves the best of the rest to them, whoever it might be. And if they trade down, then they're still going to get one of those, you know, top players. I, I still think this is it's going to be a really interesting decision because most people say, well, you know, let's just say it's Will Anderson. And mm-hmm. let's just say you're faced with the decision. Do we trade down for the extra picks we're going to get? Or do we just take what most people believe is a generational talent? And some yeah. say, well, that one guy's not going to make that much difference for your team. Well, I mean, look at the difference. 
And he wasn't even considered in the class of Will Anderson. Look at the difference that a Micah Parsons has made for mm-hmm. the for the Cowboys. Many more question marks than Will Anderson. Yeah. Yeah. Look, look, look at look at you know what Nick Bosa has meant to the San Francisco 49ers and that defense. Now I know obviously those teams have a lot of other really good players, but that's that's the decision there. Do we get get the extra picks that we are confident will help our team build the depth and build into a good football team? Or do you pass up on a generational talent that should be with you uh, for a decade? And you know, that, that, that's the decision that the Cardinals will be making. And it's, you know, it's, I know everyone's got their opinions and there's no right or wrong on it, but yeah. they're, they're, they're going to be the ones that have to make that choice. And, and especially if there's that, create you know crazy trade that's offered hey you know we give you our one whatever it is whether it's at six or four or seven or that, yeah. nine, whatever it might be and we'll give you you know a two this year and a one next year and yeah. that that that's awfully hard to turn down i think you're right i think it's i feel like it's split down the center i right. i think rightfully so fans want will anderson i want will anderson i want will anderson to to be the poster child for this next era of cardinal football but I also understand the people that are like, get more swings at the plate. This roster needs an influx of talent. And you know, somebody in the in the chat put it beautifully. Michael floods some picks to second round so we can rebuild the O line. Um, and I think that's a, exactly right because you're it, it enables you to then have a bunch of you know lottery tickets and see you know who you're going to hit on. And the, the sweet spot historically for most teams, you mentioned Bill Belichick yesterday, is to trade down and get more picks on day two. That's where you build out the meat of your roster. What I will say is this, though, is that you're playing a little bit of a dangerous game if you trade down because you don't know who's going to be available. You don't know who's going to be available right now at pick 34. We have a pretty good idea. You know, barring something unforeseen, I feel like the number one pick's going to be traded. And and if it's Houston, you know, I, I feel like the number two pick's going to be traded. Cardinals are going to have their shot at Will Anderson. Um, and they're going to have to eat it. If they don't take him and he goes to Seattle or goes somewhere else and he kicks ass, that's going to be very difficult for this team. Um but the way you you mitigate that um, and you diffuse that is you hit on your other picks. If you take Tyree Wilson, if you trade down, he's a good player that nobody nobody cares about it. But if you if you pass on Will Anderson to trade down, you take Tyree Wilson or you take a corner, you take one of these tackles and they don't work out, no one's going to care that you got an extra one next year because you missed on a generational prospect. So it's it, it may seem like an easy decision. It's not. I mean, it's not these – these teams that need a quarterback, which which one of these four guys do you love, right? Levis or Richardson or Stroud or Young. But for a team that this first pick means so much for Monty Austin Ford, because you remember, it's almost poetic now. You think back, Howard, like Kime's first pick was Jonathan Cooper, and he was a bust. And that really led itself to, yeah, Kime was a bust in the draft. He did not, he was not good in the draft. He he, he made his money in trades and free agency. He, he got his team to the postseason, wheeling and dealing and and mixing it up. And he was great at trading for players, you know, in his heyday, Chandler Jones and Hopkins, et cetera, where Ma- Monty Austin Ford has made it clear, like they want to be a draft and develop team. Well, to do that, you got to hit on your picks. And so I, I, I do think that there is an uncertainty, even if you go down from three to nine, 10, 11, like you're not, you're not guaranteed anybody's going to be there that you love. I mean, you may like a couple guys, but if you're fixated on like, Christian Gonzalez or the kid out of the tackle out of Northwestern Skaronsky, they could go before you. We don't know that. So that I, I do think that, you know, they're going to get picks for Hopkins. You're going to have those banked. You're going to have those ready to go. And you could always trade down from pick 34. 
But right. I wonder, I wonder if the closer we get to this, and assuming the Bears trade out, because they've made it clear, like they want to trade out. Poles is every time he talks, Ryan Poles is like, we got offers coming ass left and right. It's a frenzy. I wonder if the closer we get to this and the Cardinals haven't traded down, that they just say, we're just going to take a great player at three. I wonder if that's the case. Yeah. No, it's it could it could very well be. I will say this, you know, Poles is saying he wants to create a frenzy and make right. everyone think there's a frenzy you right. know, so he can get even uh, better offers. But in terms of trading down, that's the danger of trading down too far. I mean, yeah. if, you, if you trade down, I'm just going to throw out a number, four spots, and I know it doesn't mean that the team at seven is looking to trade. But if, if you trade down four spots, then you have to be really confident that you've got four guys on your board yeah. that you, you like any of, of them. And even if one is maybe not quite the, at the same grade as some, the other three, you're still happy with that four, with those four. But that's why you can't trade down too far. I mean, if you go down to nine or 11 or something like that from three, that's probably too far. Unless, and here's, you know, here's the mitigating factor. Unless by, because the the further you trade down, the further up that another team is coming, the more they're going to have to give up. And so then that that might net you, you know, an extra third round pick or, you know, whatever it might be. So, Mm -hmm. so, and and you should, and you, you should be confident enough in yourself, Johnny, and when I yeah. say in yourself, as an evaluator, as a as a drafting team, that hey, we, there's 11 great players in this draft, and mm-hmm. a, and maybe well, uh, let me say, maybe aside from quarterbacks, because let's say there's four in the top 10, well, and maybe a tight end, maybe a tight end, it might be, might be, yeah, but you know, there, there's you have to be confident that there's seven to 10 excellent players in this draft. Just like you noted yeah. earlier, there's probably only 15, 16 teams on or players on most teams board that mm-hmm. are, that have first round grades. Well, yeah. you, you got to get out of 10. And if you mess up at 10, then there's something wrong. And yeah. even, if, even, even if that guy's not as good as what you would have gotten at number three, but if that, like I said, if that nets you an extra pick or two, then you look at it and you evaluate it and see where it goes. One of the problems is, and if all this is happening the night of the draft, mm-hmm. you're trying to figure this all out with the chaos going on all right. around. You don't have a lot of time to really, really evaluate because you might have two or three deals being thrown at you and there's only 15 minutes, maybe a little bit less. Actually, it's less than 15 minutes now, isn't it? I think it's yeah, 10. Yeah, it's like 10 minutes. Yeah, it's 10. So that's not a lot of time to get these deals done. So you got to do it within that chaos and cauldron of anxiety. And that's why I feel like it's, it's, it's right more decision. likely to happen. It feels like before the draft, if you remember, I tried to do some homework before the show today, the Niners traded for the third pick right. to the end of March. It was like March 26. So we've but got they knew there was a quarterback. I, they knew that there was a quarterback there that they were going to want. That's right. I'm not saying you can't trade before the draft, but if someone is at seven or whatever number it is, if they want to get to three and they're happy with the next quarterback, well, let's just assume that it's Stroud and and young that go one, two. Well, they have to be confident enough that that next quarterback is a guy that they really love. Otherwise they make the deal. Well, and we got pro days coming up and that's usually where teams get intimate with these guys and say, Hey, you know, we really feel like you could fit our culture. Let's take you out. Let's meet your family. Let's talk to your coaches. The background work continues to ramp up. 
And we also have free agency that starts next week. And these dominoes are going to fall. Um, a big domino we talked about it yesterday, Derek Carr to the Saints, um, eliminates them, but they were really never in consideration. Again, it leaves these teams, Carolina, Atlanta, Raiders, and Indianapolis, and potentially Tennessee. There's four or five destinations for a trade-up if you're the Arizona Cardinals with differentiating packages that you would have to weigh. I, I still feel like the first shoe to fall has to be Chicago. And again, I, the Chicago muddiness of the situation, I think, increases if they trade with Houston. If Houston says, we have to have Bryce Young, we know other teams want to come up to one and take Bryce Young, we got to go from one to two or two to one if you're Houston, then Chicago says, hey, we're still open for business at pick two. That makes it more difficult. But if a team, Howard, like Carolina or Atlanta says, we've got to have Bryce Young, we're coming up to one, then the Cardinals put themselves in a position where, well, Indy's right behind you. You could flip picks with them. You know, you've got the other teams that didn't get up to one. You could compete with them. So it's going to be a crazy couple of weeks. Keep it locked in here at PHNX Sports on YouTube. Check out Howard's phenomenal work at gophnx.com. Slam the promo code Howard, H-O-W-A-R-D. Subscribe to the PHNX Cardinals podcast wherever you get your podcast. Howard, I think... Bo's coming back tomorrow. He told me he's got, get this, a 7 a.m. Eastern flight out of Florida with he and his wife and their one-year-old. So pray for our guy, Bo Brock, that, number one, he, make, he makes that flight. He literally went from, we got back from the combine Friday night late, um, about midnight, and then he turned around and hopped on another flight on Saturday to Florida. So I, we're going to have some semblance of, of Bo Brock tomorrow on the show but Howard it's been a pleasure having you on we're going to have you more on as we enter the off season have you part of our draft and free agency coverage thank you so much my friend my pleasure man enjoy it and uh, anytime you know that uh take care and uh, glad to be with you these two days that's the hall of fame voter Howard Balzer hall of fame writer I'm Johnny Venerable again back tomorrow like and subscribe leave us five star wherever you get your podcast we'll see you soon